welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. This week, we're going to take a break from Bridgerton to talk about some very exciting things because, as previously mentioned, there was so much Regency content that started coming out in March and even a recent event we went to, so we want to dive into a bit of that before getting back into Bridgerton next week. This week, we're going to talk about the Bridgerton experience, which is in a bunch of different cities uh, right now. We went to the one in LA. We had so much fun. We're going to talk all about our experience with that. And we're also going to talk about The Courtship on Peacock, which is a reality dating show set in the Regency world. So we'll talk about episodes one through four and our initial thoughts about all of that. So with that, let's start with the Bridgerton ball. Technically, this is a Bridgerton episode yes. because <laughs> we went to this ball. And this was something, Yolanda, you and I got the tickets for this in like last year, Yes, right? like yes. Literally November is when we first heard whispers of of this event. It was so under wraps. It was such a secret. We didn't really know what we were getting into. It was the most fun. Like yeah. we had a lot of fun at this event. In case you don't know about it, it is an immersive theater experience where you walk through a lot of setup of the show essentially you get to walk into the modiste shop and see a lot of similar sets and they have some great costumes on display too and it all ends in this big room where they have a dance floor and there's a performance between these two dancers that's really beautiful and amazing everyone is just all dressed up and even not necessarily like the most period accurate wear of Regency attire, but just like pretty dresses and tiaras and long gloves. And so it's a lot of fun. It was so much fun because you and I have talked about this a lot. You always know whenever you're going to an event, when you see (laughs) people, you see your crowd and you're like, oh, I know where you're going. We're in the right place. And I was really looking for that because I was expecting people to, you and I dressed up. Yeah. I I wore my Jane Austen ball gown. I have one ball gown. You acquired a ball gown for this. There were some very much like rent the runway kind of looks there where women were in like ball gown type of things, more modern, but still beautiful. I liked the sparkles. It definitely, if you were wearing like a big glittery detail-y kind of dress, that looked great in the setting. Yeah. And there were some real standouts. I saw wedding gowns. Like, there were some real standout costumes at this event. Yeah. Like, I'm happy with what we both wore. I think we both looked great. Mm-hmm. But I think this was the one event, if you wanted to be a little flashier, a little sparklier, this was the place to do it. So, if you are considering going to this event, look at pictures of people online, see what they're wearing, wear comfortable shoes 100%. Yeah. <laughs> have the best time. Yeah, go crazy with your costume, honestly. There was a girl who clearly made her own costume that was like a big skirt made entirely of flowers and like a corset and like this big wig. It was amazing. By the way, you could also buy gloves and tiaras and Bridgerton makeup, t-shirts and sweatshirts. They got me in the end. I got a sweatshirt. (laughs) I can't resist a good sweatshirt. It took place at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel downtown, which is gorgeous. It's beautiful. I don't hang around a lot of fans. 
never been there. Downtown. Yeah. Why would we ever go there? Like, why would we go to a hotel in our own hometown? I know. You know, they blocked off like two ballrooms and a hallway downstairs. They pull the curtains apart. You walk through this. Be- it was so Instagrammable. They get yeah. whoever designed this gets major points for creating the most Instagrammable immersive theater thing I've been to in forever. And you walk under all this beautiful hyacinth and wisteria. And when you walk in, there's also a bar. There was no food, but there were cocktails. There wasn't really like events to do. So they created a little mystery. And so everyone was handed a a different edition of Lady Whistledown when we got in and we had to solve for clues. The prize was like a bookmark with a cocktail recipe on it, but it was still fun to solve it. And so there there were various actors who were participating and they were a lot of... Like, everyone was all in. Like, I liked that everyone, we were just a bunch of adults dressing up, playing (laughs) pretend, and everyone was having a very good time. Shortly after we got there, the queen showed up. And she had a very fancy throne, and the idea was people would present themselves to the queen and they had this Lady Whistledown-esque voice sort of commenting on everyone's curtsy, appearance, whatever. It was pretty great. We didn't present ourselves to the queen because we're shy. (laughs) And also you were ushered into another ballroom where if you were a VIP and you shelled out, you got a place to sit. And if you weren't like us, you were just a pee. Um, you stood around a dance floor. And like you were saying earlier, Yolanda, an Anthony Bridgerton lookalike, essentially. Yeah. And another very beautiful young lady who are professional dancers did one very charming, like fun dance. And then a sexually charged dance where like <laughs> they took off his coat. The gloves were literally off. They ripped open his shirt. They knew what they were doing. Played a quartet rendition of Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And they had like a much sexier dance. And that was very cool. There was a whole story to it. The queen walks in. It's a scandal at first, but it's a love match. They love each other. Mm -hmm. So she approves. But I will say, even though, yes, it would have been nice to sit (laughs) and be part of the VIP section, you get the best view by standing right on the dance floor or like right on the border of the dance floor. So we had a really great view of the dance. So it's a 90 minute experience. You are standing for those 90 minutes. Yes. And even if you get there a little bit beforehand and you're walking around the shop. So just consider that. Keep that in mind. If Um, you are comfortable in heels, great. I am not. So. feel like we've been in set we've been like really dressed up i haven't put on so many things yeah done like makeup so and hair long. in a really long when we went to the jane austen ball two yeah. years before was the last time i did this yes. so the crowning moment of the event was once the queen shows up she picks the diamond and i don't know if it's a spur of the moment thing or if they kind of work it out in the beginning the diamond was actually standing right next to me so for half yeah. a moment i was like oh no it's not me is it and then luckily <laughs> it was the woman who was i think wearing a wedding dress next to me yes and she got to stand on the little platform and confetti rained down it's and we such all a beautiful moment it is because i don't know if there's like a prize for being the diamond no, but it's you just, just get a, that joy it's a special moment yeah. where it's like here's our special guest for the night and i've seen like a couple of diamond crownings on TikTok. And yeah. my favorite so far has been set, like a grandma who was crowned it's the so diamond. Sweet. And I was like, oh, it's so special for her. 
<laughs> and then it turned into a dance party, yeah. which was fun. Like the Anthony Bridgerton dancer was leading us through like a proper dance. So you and I were each other's partners again in lines. Which was a little tough because it was like everyone wanted to be in on the dance, but you, there was, was no crowded. room. It was crowded. <laughs> so we were trying to switch places and grab hands and spin and, and it's all very tight quarters, but it was still a lot of fun. I, th- I thought that it was great that they at least incorporated that into it. The rest of the night was just more like... A dance party. A dance party, yeah. And that was, honestly, that was a lot of fun too. Um, like, when was the last time you went to a dance or like an event that had a dance floor? Probably you know? the Jane Austen the ball. The Jane Austen ball. <laughs> and that was, that was only orchestral. So yes. like, the last time I was on a dance floor that played popular music that you could just dance to, like, it's been years. Yeah. So this, I think, was the perfect way to sort of like venture a little further out into society. So if you're thinking of going, we had the best time. I recommend going. We should talk about our costumes because I know we've talked about it before, but we can, for anyone considering going, maybe we can provide some guidance. But where did you find your costume? Sure. So this was, I acquired my costume like I think the month before our Jane Austen thing. And I I was just sort of keeping in mind and venturing into various vintage shops. Um, I live close to this block that has a lot of secondhand and vintage clothing stores. And I was keeping an eye out. I don't think mine is exactly Regency because it's got a very high neckline. In fact, I think this was probably from the 70s. Oh, really? When like some <laughs> costumey type things were coming back into... Mm. Like, I I think it was a costume, but I think it was, like, at a time in the 70s when, like, certain time periods were, like, coming back for a hot minute. Sure. Originally, I had long lacy sleeves that I didn't want, so I I did this actually at your house two years ago when we were getting ready for the Jane Austen ball. I cut them off, and I accidentally cut through some threads, so, like, the whole sleeve was sort of coming off, but I fixed it. So that is to say... I got my dress at a vintage shop and then I just sort of like cut it in a way that made it a little more period appropriate. Nice. What about you? Where'd you get your dress? So the last time I ended up going to a costume shop and renting my dress because it was just, I wasn't going to have the same luck you did in just going to a thrift store. It's definitely something you need to plan for. Yeah. And there's like these really beautiful, obviously, costumes that are very pricey. And I'm not ready yet to make that plunge of investing in a very nice Regency dress like that. So I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna go on Amazon and find like a costume Regency dress, which wasn't too pricey at all. The fit was a little weird. So I just went to a tailor and got it a little more fitted and that helped. I got like a nice ribbon and tied that around. So I got a pretty simple dress, but I found ways to dress it up. And I think adding gloves, adding a tiara or some kind of like nice headband, the way you do your hair, like all these little things can ultimately help to dress up any kind of outfit for this event. I agree. And I think that if I had not found my dress and I didn't have it, I think that finding some kind of maxi dress and just adding those accessories that you were talking about can be a great way to workshop it. Because you're right. I mean, we've seen through all of the Jane Austen events that we've been to, we've seen some beautiful costumes, but they're not cheap. And (laughs) like, you know, it's kind of like you buy one and then you just sort of have it for a while. And I mean, it's definitely an investment I think you and I are interested in someday, but... 
Just not right now. Right now, there's just not enough events to go I around. Know. I think <laughs> once it becomes like a regular thing where we know we're going to like one or two events like these a year, yeah, then I think I would say it's worth it. But we have not been in that situation for some time now, so nope. no need right now. <laughs> no need, no pressure. But, you know, like I said, with mine at a vintage shop, it's just something I was keeping an eye out for. And yeah. I could have easily not found it. And I would have probably wanted to rent something or, or buy like a maxi dress myself and just kind of yeah. like finagle a costume so <laughs> so those are some options for you to come up with a little at home thing should you be interested in attending in a city near you so with that let's dive into the courtship on nbc usa peacock it's in all the places <laughs> i have no idea and it's so funny because normally i don't pay too close attention to where something is airing but i just this has changed homes so many times like i remember when we first saw the deadline announcement for this last year it was gonna be on peacock great then it was on nbc Ooh, and then after two episodes they put it to usa network i mean i don't have like a normal tv i have a smart tv so i can only stream things Mm. so i'm watching this on peacock regardless yeah yeah but it's kind of like i have to wait like the day after in order to watch it yeah but this is very very similar to the bachelor so if you don't know how the bachelor works where have you been (laughs) the past Um, 20 years we're not gonna explain ourselves because you should just know how the bachelor works Really glad that they renamed this show, The Courtship. That's a great solid name. It was going to be called Pride and Prejudice, an Experiment in Romance. Quite a longer name. Basically, the premise is one woman searches for love in a Regency-era setting in a classic twist on modern dating. The immersive romantic experience unfolds across the English countryside as she sets out to find her perfect match with her family, by her side, advising her along the way. I think this is the such such the unique part of this show is that usually with these dating shows, yes, everyone is kind of in this bubble and everyone's on their own. But in this case, our lead, Miss Remy, has brought along also her parents, her older sister, and her best friend. So that's the nice thing is you have this really home base of people who can be the sounding board of what's going on, who's interesting, who are you connecting with? So she's not isolated and trying to make these decisions on her own, go back home and potentially introduce someone one to her family for the first time like they're with her every step of this process yeah there's no hometown dates in yes, this no. world which i i really liked that change because the bachelor famously has a lot of people get together and then it doesn't work out after a couple of months i do think that if people were in their normal lives and they could be introducing these men to their family their friends and family like you would in real life you would have a better shot at just seeing how people vibe and the fact yeah. that she's you're not completely cut off with like no phone no access to the news the fact that you have a support system i think it it can make a really big difference yeah for Um, sure we're introduced to a sort of a new format in the first episode which is filmed at castle howard and it also happens to be where the duke of hastings country estate is in Bridgerton. So there's more Bridgerton references here. He and Daphne have their honeymoon at this estate, which, you know, I absolutely love seeing estates that just keep happening through time and different estates and different movies. 
And they get Lady Whistledown-esque papers called the Daily Tea, and it kind of lets you know what's happening, and I, I really like that. So there are 16 eligible suitors. Miss Remy, who is truly just beautiful inside and out, is from Seattle, and the suitors are also from everywhere else. I guess we'll, we'll talk about her overall because the way she approaches all these conversations and the way she approaches like being the lead of the show is so great to see. She leads with such empathy for all these men and she is fully engaged in all these conversations like truly great casting and putting her as the lead of this show because she has been so great throughout this whole process and I'm sure it's a lot to handle to be the lead of a show and you're if you're someone who's never been on reality tv it's also overwhelming so I think I think that's also the great part of having your family and your best friend there yeah another obviously huge departure from the bachelor is that Everyone is in costumes. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy because in like, especially for The Bachelor and you've got a house full of women, they're expected to bring their own dresses and do their own hair and makeup. And everyone, all the men, our heroine, her family, the court, like they all get costumes and they must get their yes. hair and makeup done too. So I'm like, I'm here for this. <laughs> I love that. No one calls each other by their first name. It's Miss Remy and it's right. Mr. This and Mr. That. So in the first episode, we are introduced to 16 eligible bachelors. Like you said, they are from absolutely everywhere. Everyone's different, but I feel like the one of the similarities to The Bachelor is that the thing that everyone does for fun is work out. Yes. <laughs> That's something everyone tends to have in common. It's a common thing, yes. I also love our uh, courtship Chris Harrison guy, Rick Edwards, who is a figure on the BBC radio, and he's he's written political books and everything like that, but he's just like a very charming and handsome host who sort of talks these guys who love CrossFit um, <laughs> and talks them through Regency dating and what is expected of them and just sort of helps ease them into things. And we meet some very colorful characters, some guys who love singing and performing and adventure and all this good stuff. And so the way it works is in any episode, there's a couple of group dates, obviously. But what's great is the court is also incorporated into this. So like, not only are you going after your bachelorette, you are going after her parents, her sister, her best friend, you've got impressions to make, you've got to get more than one person to like you. At the end of it, we come into this ball situation where she chooses five guys who are on the fritz. Everyone else goes upstairs and watches from the balcony safely. And she has a dance with each of these men where she tells them either like, I'm obsessed with you. I just wanted to dance with you. Or I like you, but you need to step up your game. I have like quasi feelings for you, but I need more. I need you to step it up. Or she's like, I never liked you. Get out. That didn't actually happen. But <laughs> no. like, those are basically the three options. And so we're sort of following them as they're doing this very proper dance and having conversations. It's very Anthony and Kate of them. It is. Um, the main thing that happens in the first episode is that Mr. Bokigio gets the first date, which is a big deal. You get the first one-on-one -on -one time with Miss Remy. This is alone time, unchaperoned time away from everyone, which like that's I think that's the interesting thing about this show is, yes, they're in Regency where they're following a lot of similar things about the time. 
but they are not being exact to the time, which is also great. So they're taking some liberties with it and having fun in this world. They get their own alone time. He also gets the first kiss. There's fireworks. It's a big deal. And it's also a lot of pressure to be the first person who gets the first date because you're the one who's built the initial connection. But will that connection stand the test of time? Well, and that's where, you know, at the end of the day, this is a competition reality show. Yes. <laughs> so, like, we're happy for Mr. Bokikio, who is a upstanding young man from Staten Island. And he's kind of the one to beat. We learn a little bit more about the guys. We see some of them make their way ahead. As we sort of see, it's a pretty strong connection. Yeah. So really, episode one is just meeting all the men, understanding the rules of this world, a couple guys, yes, do go home, but we didn't know them well enough to be sad yet. So we go on to episode two, where the Daily Tea presents the activity of the day, which is they're going to go out uh, boating together on the lake. And some men will get to be in the same boat with Miss Remy, and some will be with the parents, and some will just be with the other guys. So they kind of all split up. Mr. Safa has taken it upon himself to try to charm the parents because he sees, like, that's going to be his way in. Takes his shirt off when he's in the boat. No one asked. With his parents? No with one. The parents? sent in that request no. for him to take his shirt <laughs> off. He was just like, oh, we're in England and the sun is out. It's hot. There are a couple moments in this episode that I truly wonder, was it the guy's idea? Or was this some strategic producers being like, hey, you want to know what would be fun? Yeah. <laughs> because Do this. there are three men who are just in a boat, just three dudes in a boat. They don't have a member of the court. They don't have Miss Remy. They just have each other. And they're like, we need to make a splash. Literally. As we all know, you cannot have Regency anything without having a young man in a puffy shirt fall into the lake, dive into the lake, and emerge with a wet t-shirt. They decide to do that. They first all stand on the boat and serenade her with row, row, row your boat. Excuse us, but we have a serenade. Row, row, row your boat <laughs> gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Oh my goodness. And then to show her that they are willing to make themselves uncomfortable for her, even though she's great, everyone could have been dry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and done the same result. They dive in. It's very Hugh Grant in Bridget Jones's diary. And then they're just sort of cold and wet after that but they in their heads have really proven themselves yes and it's cute it's cute post the boat activity i think this is where miss remy is now starting to get into these deeper conversations with more gentlemen she has some more one-on-one -on -one time with mr king who shares some recent hardships that he's gone through. Mr. Cones and her uh, decide to dance there, you know, cute. And they're talking and they're getting to know each other. I think she has like a very fun, flirty kind of relationship with him, but they can also talk about serious things. So things seem to be blossoming there. Every guy is now just seeing, they're pulling the, can I steal you for a second kind of move. So Classic. they're all trying to step up and really get noticed by Miss Remy, her family, her friends. And so right now everyone is stepping up. And I do like that they also have to impress the friends and family. Because yeah. I feel like in The Bachelor, all they have to do is take their shirt off and then it's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're in. 
you can't really do that kind of thing around the parents. You have to prove yourself. You have to prove that you're mature and ready for a serious relationship. The parents are asking serious questions of these men. We don't fully know what the result is going to be of this show. There's not that those rules I feel like aren't really established as far as is this going to end in an engagement? Is this just we fall in love and we'll see where this goes? So I think that part is a little uncertain, but it really just feel like since there's so many marriage questions that have come up, this is supposed to end in some kind of intent to marry, engagement, some something at least. Mr. Hunter, who's a guy who got to live on a boat with his family for like seven years, he gets the one-on-one date, he gets a kiss, he's definitely the favorite with the parents because he's demonstrated that he's, I think he's like 32, and he knows what he wants, and he's been there, done that, and he's ready to settle down. So that's kind of how we round out episode two. Episode three, this is where... Things get scandalous. So much so that I was outraged Outraged. on Miss Remy's behalf because we talked about Mr. Safa, human surfer, golden retriever type person. (laughs) Um, Truly, I mean, like long hair. He's the one who took his shirt off last episode. Yes. And they're playing a rousing game of cricket. He's not playing. So he sits next to Miss Cleary. Good. Get in with the court. However, he starts to talk about how it's been a while since he's been sitting with another attractive young person. This is a red flag for Miss Cleary. Yeah. Is Nicole your normal type? Um, ultimately, not right off the get. I'll, I'll be honest with you on that. Who um, do you usually go for? Um, more of like a like a like a blonde, dirty blonde. I'm really trying to find the right balance between Tessa and Miss Remy moving forward. This whole conversation is just red flags. I'm truly just baffled that this guy thinks that he's gonna try to go for the best friend on a show where the whole point is there is one main woman and everyone is trying to vie for her heart. And, you know, if it's not a match, then the respectful thing is to say, you know what? I respect you. I'm going to take myself out of this competition because this doesn't feel like we're going to form a connection. Fine, leave. But he is admitting to the fact that he's intending to stay on this show pretend to go along with it in order to pursue the best friend. And she even says, let's say you win this tomorrow. Are you going to continue to date Miss Remy and take your relationship seriously with her afterwards? And he was like, probably not. Like he's treating it like he's suddenly the bachelor and he has his sort of pick of people. I What I hated about that is when we're in this world, it's not about them. No. It's about her. Yeah. And we're rooting for her and she's figuring out what she wants. And, you know, do the other guys need to work that out for themselves? Yeah, sure. Whatever. But that's not their show. It's not about them. It's about her. And I just... I hate that he got on this show. I mean, like, it's very bachelor to be like, oh my God, are you here for the wrong reasons? Yeah. But he really is. And he it's really, is. really, really crappy to hit on her best friend and be so weird about how she's his normal type is really, 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 it's really, really awful. crappy. Yeah. And he also thinks like, this isn't going to get back to Miss Remy. Right. Like, does he think she's on his side? Do you, Does she think she's going to be like, oh, I've been secretly in love with you too. Well, literally, he he does think that because, yes, we'll get to Miss Cleary's conversation with Miss Remy later, but 
he does take this to the guys because the guys have clearly noticed that he had a conversation with Miss Cleary. They're like, what happened between you and her? Because everyone else, their goal with talking to someone from the court is, here's a way that I'm going to get noticed so that I can get one-on-one time with Miss Remy. But he literally saw that conversation as, I think there's something between us. I think she's kind of into me and she was into the conversation, which by the way, read body language. She looks uncomfortable. Yeah. She is not into this conversation whatsoever. And he's totally, he just read it in a totally different way where he's like, yeah, she's into it. There might be something between us, which for the guys is alarming because they're like, whoa, that's messed up of the best friend. (laughs) Like treat this like she's also on this show to find love. She's here literally to support her best friend, but that's not the case at all because Mr. Safa is a dummy and he cannot see the right signs in front of him. Of all the kinds of guys that go on these kinds of shows, he's exceptionally stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I think he is like one of the dumbest guys I've ever seen on reality television and that's kind of saying something. The thing is like these kind of scandals have happened very rarely, I will say, on in my long history of watching The Bachelor Bachelorette. (laughs) This, this kind of, there was one time where on The Bachelor, a contestant started to form a fling with someone on the crew. I think I remember hearing about yes. this. They approached her. She denied it, but they were like, we know, like, he's gone. He's fired, which means you are now also off the show. So it was a huge, like, scandal. This was like a decade ago, probably. <laughs> and then, you know, there's other things where people come on the show, they've broken up with their significant others, like, the night before and it's never it always comes up it always comes back it's never a good look and they're like no we broke up weeks ago and it gets back you broke up the night before you came here yeah they're always like well was it technically an hour before i got on the plane yes but (laughs) was i texting her while i was driving up in the limo yes was i telling her did i like get a hold of a crew member's phone to call her and tell her that i love her and that i miss her also yes (laughs) but So, yes, it's a reality dating show. These scandals are bound to happen. But I feel like this guy just did not get the point of the show. What really kind of baffles me about this is for all those other instances on The Bachelor, I feel like the guys were at least smart enough to know it was not cool of them to do it. So they tried to hide it and then it came out. Right. He told everyone. (laughs) He told everyone. Yeah. Like, I feel, well, first of all, I think it was a very producer move to have this group of men be like, hey, why don't you ask him about his conversation with Miss Cleary? And then they were like, hey, what about Miss Cleary? And he's like, oh, man, I really like her. We really (laughs) hit it off. I'm going to, like, go Uh. for it. And even, so what happens, that's sort of the biggest scandal of the episode. And then, obviously, he's in the final elimination because Miss Cleary turns right around, tells everyone that this happened. Miss Remy is none too pleased. And so when she's having this dance with him, she's like, what the hell? And he's like, well, yeah. He doesn't even apologize. He he sees nothing wrong with what he did. And the fact that he is eliminated, he says goodbye to the parents, and he tries to go and talk to her. He tries to, like, get her number. You kidding me? In front of everyone. And then the older sister is just like, absolutely freaking not. Miss Remy is the one who's like, you can, you can leave. Yeah, she squirts him out. The sister is like, yep. Doors open, carriage awaits. (laughs) You have nothing to say to her. You can have nothing to say to her. Um, I did look it up. He's like a 23-year-old fitness whatever. So he's going to go live his life. 
So that was the big drama of episode three. Obviously that's taken care of because he is gone, which is great because sometimes these things in other reality shows can fly under the radar and, you know, the villain kind of stays around for a few more episodes, but the best friend has her back. Yeah. She called him out and he's gone. Great. That's what's kind of funny about the show where like you've got a bachelorette with a great head on her shoulders yeah. and she brings her friends and family along and the object is not to get everyone drunk and mostly naked. Yes. It's <laughs> like, it's pretty obvious yeah. when there's a bad egg and you just get rid of him. I think that's a nice thing. It is a very wholesome dating show all in all. So mm. it's, it is... A very refreshing break from the constant drama of The Bachelor Bachelorette. But yes, this episode was just a bit more drama filled than we've seen usually. I mean, we need a little yeah. bit of scandal. We do. You we don't do. have a Society region. needs some scandal. Yeah, we need something <laughs> to live for. So I guess to add on to a bit of the drama or scandal at the end of the episode, even though we've said goodbye to two gentlemen... We have new suitors. So we have two new men who are joining the the competition, Mr. Uh, Hatem and Mr. Judge. The men are upset. The other men are upset, which is valid because you are in this competition. You are trying to vie for any bit of attention you can get already with amongst 11 other men. But now to add in a couple more guys, like again, it's frustrating, I'm sure, because also, yes, it's a reality dating show. You're sure, I'm sure, dealing with the production of all of this and you're actually trying to maybe fall in love and form a connection with someone, but a lot of elements get in your way. So two more guys doesn't make it any easier. Well, it's also probably whiplash when you're just sort of settling into the groove of the show and then they throw you a curveball yeah. and it's like, boom, more guys. Yeah. And you're like, no, they can just do that? They can yes. just bring more guys who are hotter than me and nicer <laughs> than me and talk to their mom more than me? Ugh. That's its own drama, but I feel like it's mostly drama between the guys that we've gotten to know the best. Yeah. So for Mr. Bokikio, who got that first date in the first episode, I mean, he's kind of the one to be. Like, she and him have a really strong connection. But someone who's also been twice in the elimination round um, and has come back from it both times are Captain Kim, who is a former military man and current like life coach for men who can't seem to find a relationship of his own. He's been hurt before. He's, He's been, been hurt. He was hurt when he was 18. I mean, it's, it's, does everyone get hurt when they're 18? Yeah, but <laughs> whatever. It's it's bringing him down. We have young men vying for her attention and she's developing yeah. different connections with different guys. I do think the main drama of this episode is with Mr. Bokikio because he is a product of what we've seen on Bachelor, Bachelorette before. The person who gets the first kind of big date or first impression rose or whatever that may be, they feel that they've established the that initial connection the strongest. And when you don't continually get that same reassurance or time with that person, it's a little worrying because you're like, wait, I thought we formed this great connection and done. We're it's us. Yeah. That's it. Now you have more guys in the mix and he's starting to get, I think, a little nervous. Just a little nervous and a little threatened about their connection because there's other guys he's talking to who are also like, yeah, and we had our one on one date and we started to form a really great connection. 
Something that's also that Mr. Bokikio, I think, has also been very, he's kind of pissed some of the other guys off because he tries to kiss Miss Remy. He does kiss her. He does kiss her. Like, actually, this was a couple episodes in the cricket game, but like, she chooses him and it's, you know, they're not like making out, like his tongue's not down her throat, but it's just a small kiss and he's just trying to collect as many of those as he can and the other guys are pretty pissed off about it. Yeah, they start to notice he's getting more aggressive with trying to show off his connection. Yeah. That's also part of her thing is like she wants to see these guys pursuing her, so for him this is his way of trying to show that, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not pleasing to the other guys to see this happening in front of them. No, and even something that happened in the boat episode which was like such cringe was... Mr. Shanklin? Are we talking about the singing? Mr. Shanklin. Yes. So um, there's a young man, Mr. Shanklin, who was in Miss Remy's boat when the three guys started singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. You know, were they uh, like auditioning for American Idol? No. <laughs> but he has a lovely singing voice. Yeah. But then he just starts singing in a, like an angelic voice like at the end of their row 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 your boat and he was like he, oh did i do that oh that's how i express my love you know mr shanklin i mean he sings more than he speaks but i don't need to hear him sing row row, row your boat in like a sexual way i mean but i don't like to show off <laughs> what mr rokiki was about to push him in the water i can tell <laughs> It's not always at the right moments. Sometimes when we've previously seen that on other shows, Bachelor, Bachelorette, (laughs) it's like a guy who's like trying to be a music star and is trying to break in and be like, let me just sing this original song I wrote for just you three months ago before I even knew you. In this case, I do think he is writing these songs on the spot. He gets sent home. Yes, um, he does. Well, because something that I think is sort of, was sort of weak sauce of him is that he's like, singing is how I show my love. And I'm like, is that all you've got? Like, is that it? You can't cook. You can't have a deep conversation. You can only sing. In his mind, he's like, this big romantic gesture shows that I'm serious, but that's not all she's looking for. Yeah, but this isn't the Little Mermaid, (laughs) you know? Like, you've got to be a man and you've got to find other ways to express your love that make her see it as well. I do love how much the parents love Mr. Castronova. They basically see him as their future son-in-law and they are very excited for him to be part of the family. So they are the most upset when he goes home in this episode too. Uh, I think he even says something like, I'll visit you or something, you know, like... I really feel, I hope maybe they see each other eventually. I thought that was so sweet. He, yeah. owns, a, he owns a pizza parlor, so like yeah. he's got his own business. And like, I just love that the parents were like, no, no our you son. are our favorite. <laughs> the chosen one. And he was just, because there are some guys who are just, and I do love these moments. Like if they get eliminated and they don't say goodbye to the family, the guys are like, that is classless. Yeah. That is rude to not say goodbye to the family. And he's like, they're like, we'll marry you. We'll yeah. adopt you. We'll adopt you. We'll find a niece. We'll find someone. We'll someone, like take just, just one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I thought that that was very sweet when like the parents can establish a connection with someone. Yes. Mr. Cones gets the one-on-one date this episode. So they're starting to form a real connection, too. They have fun times and more serious talks. 
When it does come to the dance card, Mr. Bokikio is on the dance card, which is a bit surprising. Captain Kim is there too, which he's is it's becoming familiar territory for him. I'm sure he has the dance memorized by now. I think it's it's making him anxious though. I think he's used to winning at life. Mm. He's not used to being the guy who's always on the fence of he's he's a maybe. I don't I don't think he's used to being someone's maybe. Yeah. He's used to being either a hard yes or a hard no. That hard no when he was 18, yeah, broke his really heart. Really hard. Real hard. <laughs> you are in your 30s now though, so maybe we try and just like work on ourselves. Yeah. I like Captain Kim, but he's a very sensitive flower. But I just think that he needs to, like, read the room. This is a reality competition show. Other guys are trying to date her. I think it's normal to feel threatened sometimes. You can't put that on her. You can't be mad at her for talking to other guys on this show. That was the weird part of their dance, where he was just trying to put, not an ultimatum, but was trying to, like, call the process really into question, but... It's the process. That's what you signed up for. I mean, he was asking, you know, he was basically like, I need to know that you really, really like me. Her point of view is like, I'm trying to find out if I really, really like you. She likes him enough that he's been on trial twice and she's let him stay twice. She can't have love at first sight with like 12 different guys. No. I I mean, I I think he just needs a lot more attention and that's his thing. She's still figuring out how she feels about him and I think that's okay. Yeah. I I think he just wants to be chosen. I feel like if they were to get one-on-one time, then they could maybe have that uninterrupted time he's looking for but I also worry that's going to expose like maybe where they're not the most they're not the best match for each other but that's to be determined who knows who knows there are more episodes on Peacock now but we're gonna stop there at episode four Miss Remy her family and her friend have all been great and they're doing this process in the best way and so all these guys just need to keep Stepping up their game. Yeah. Trying to get noticed. And maybe this ends in a proposal. Maybe not. We'll see. So that wraps up our The Courtship Talk for now. But we'll discuss another batch of episodes in the coming weeks. Tune in next week where we'll dive into Season 2, Episode 4 of Bridgerton. Keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. 